0: This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Our theme this year is Go Beyond. Starting New Year's Eve, uh, we've been sharing with you, when I've been speaking, we've been sharing with you different keys that I believe will help you to go beyond this next year we said to you on new year's eve if you were here you might remember that overflow our theme for last year is that something is overflowing its its limit its its brim is is overflowing there's a there's a continual pour that that is taking place go beyond the definition is from where you're at to another place so we felt like that Go Beyond is an Overflow 2.0. It's the overflow of what God's been doing. God wants to take us beyond that. And we, as we embrace it, will see it in many areas of our life. Today in that theme of Go Beyond, I want to talk to you about the way of the eagle. Say the way of the eagle. Today we're going to look at the way of the eagle and I believe there's four principles that will help you to go beyond this year that we can learn from the way of the eagle. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. There's outlines in your bulletin. encourage you to take that out or you can always download our app for those that are watching online and take notes there. The notes are online for you. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, as we look at this theme, the way of the eagle. It says, do you not know Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And his understanding no one can fathom. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. Father, I thank you for your word. It's anointed. And as we've opened it today, I pray for revelation. I pray in these few short minutes that you will anoint the words that are spoken. And I pray that our minds will be alert our hearts will be receptive our spirits will receive speak to us now i pray in the mighty name of jesus amen the bible uses two images quite regularly to describe god one is that of a lion in fact christ himself is called the lion of the tribe of judah Many times, Pastor Candy talks about, even in this auditorium, it's like she can hear and see in the spirit the roar of the lion, that of the spirit over this house. The second image is that of an eagle. In fact, in Exodus 19, and verse 4, it says, He delivered them out of Egypt, God's people, out of bondage on eagles' wings. So we got these images in scripture, Ezekiel in his uh, uh, revelation talks about four faces, two lions and two eagles. Saul and Jonathan were likened to that of a lion and an eagle, swifter than eagles and stronger than lions. So we have this imagery, the lion and the eagle. Today we're going to look at the way of the eagle. I believe there's are some principles for going beyond for you and I that we can, we can extract from looking at the, the life of the eagle. The eagle is an admired creature. It's called the king of the air. It's a very powerful, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful bird of the air, of the air. In fact, the eagle, in its strength, has become the emblem for many countries for many, many years. Countries like the United States has the eagle as its emblem. Russia and Germany and and Egypt and and Ghana and Poland and Romania and Mexico, they all have the emblem of the eagle. Anybody from Nigeria? Nigeria has the eagle. The Philippines has the eagle. In fact, 10% of countries have the eagle as its emblem. The Holy Roman Empire had the eagle as its emblem. And so we see that the eagle has always been one that man has also looked at. It's 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 the majesty, it's been called, of the eagle. Today, there's four principles I want to share with you that I believe will help us to go beyond. The first principle, as we look at the eagle, is this, that the eagle has matchless vision. The eagle's vision is none like it the keen eye of the eagle in fact you'll hear that saying the eye of the eagle the eagle's eye is very different than the eyes that you and i will have in fact the eagle has three different eyelids one eyelid that that will protect its inner eye and, and 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 it'll help it as it's flying through storms and rain The keen eyesight of the eagle is up to eight times stronger and better than our human eye. It can see clearly. It can see sharply. It can see what other birds will not be able to even see. Now, here is a spiritual principle you may want to write down is that if we cannot see, if we have no vision for the future, we have no power in the present, in fact, this is what the Bible says about that. Look at Proverbs here with me. Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained or the people perish. Now, I'm not just talking about corporate vision. I'm talking about personal vision. If we don't have personal vision for the future, we have no power in the present. No vision. If you have no vision for your life, no vision for your marriage, if you don't see, if there's not on your faith goals, thing about your personal life in the future, things about your job and your career and your personal development and your marriage and your relationship with your children and and your ministry and your work for God, if there is no vision for the future, there is no power in the present. You will be powerless. We teach in School of Discipleship that... Vision, if I could give you a definition, is a clear image as Christians and followers of Christ. Vision is a clear image of what God desires, first of all, for you to be. That you are renewed, transformed, that you become a reflection of the glory of God. So vision, first of all, is a clear image of what God wants you to be. But secondly, vision is an image of what God wants you to do. That you'll walk in your anointing, that you'll walk in the power and the strength and that which God has for you. So vision of what God wants me to be and what God wants me to do. And it's through faith that we enter into that spiritual realm. It's God's vision. God gives you the thoughts. He gives you the, the, the pictures and the impressions of what he wants you to be and what he wants you to do. And by faith, we ascend, ascend out of the natural realm into a spirit realm and we take hold of it in faith and we begin to pull it down in faith. We pull it down and we begin to walk towards it in obedience. It will not just happen. We've got to begin to proclaim it and we begin to see it. So the eagle's eye is unlike the eye of the human. In fact, an eagle, his strength is so strong that he can spot a rabbit two miles away. He can spot a rabbit. He can see through weeds and, 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 and the debris. He can make out colors. He can even see through uh, the transcendence of the water to see exactly where that fish is. Now, to give you an idea of how strong that is, that'd be like you and I standing on top of a 10-story building and looking down, and we can see an ant crawling on the sidewalk. Some of you have a hard time even reading your Bible without your glasses. (laughs) For those of you that are under 40, just wait. (laughs) When I was in my 20s, tin font was great my 30s, it went to 13 font. My 40s, it went to 14 font. I won't even tell you where I'm at now. (laughs) That's the strength of the eagle's eye. It can spot an animal hiding. It can spot different colors. And boy, once it sees something, it locks in on it and it sees it. In fact, I want you to see this video if they haven't already begun to roll it behind me. This eagle spotting that fish and he begins to come in. There is a focus. It's razor sharp. I mean, he begins to come down. They've been clocked coming down as high as 100 miles an hour to lock in. And you're seeing him grabbing that fish and he's capturing it. Their strength. They've been known to be able to lift up a deer. When I was watching this week, I didn't want to show you this this week, but when I was watching that somebody caught an eagle swooping down and trying to lift up a two-year-old child. Mama grabbed her baby. But that's the strength of an eagle. And you see its matchless vision. Look what Paul says about our vision. Look here in Philippians chapter 3, if you will. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I'm not there. I haven't arrived. I haven't, I haven't received it all. But one thing I do, the one thing I do, is forgetting what is behind me and what straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. Jesus. So here we see the vision of an eagle and we see the comparison that we're having. And and here in the Bible, it says that you and I have got to have that kind of eagle vision, sharp vision. Paul talks in another passage here in 2 Corinthians. Look with me. 2 Corinthians, you can turn in your Bibles to chapter 4 and read this with me. He says, this is why we never give up. I like this. Now, remember Paul. Paul's been shipwrecked. Paul Paul has been beaten. Paul has been thrown in prison. Paul has been shipwrecked and, 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 uh, and bitten by a snake. I mean, we can talk about the persecution and, and all that Paul went through for the faith. Living his life as a Christian. And by the way, there are Christians around the world right now that are still persecuted for their faith and they're standing strong their testimony is not wavering and they're actually losing their life because they will not deny christ we need to remember this in an easy uh, uh, uh culture uh, where we can come in and christianity is, is so easy as paul is saying this is why we never give up though our bodies are dying because we've been born into this human race because uh, uh, we were born into the nature of Adam. We know that we're aging and we're dying, but he says our inner strength is the Lord and it's growing what? Every day. Every day I'm growing inside. I'm growing inwardly. I'm drawing near to God and I'm pursuing God. Every day I'm growing. This year on your faith gold card, I want to encourage you when it comes to your own personal life, have something there that will push you to grow spiritually. Don't come back a year from now and be at the same place that you are today. Determine you're going to grow spiritually and push yourself. Get a vision for that in your life. And so, he says these troubles and sufferings of ours What troubles? Well, all that he's going through, everything I just talked to you about. And the church of Corinth was under uh, persecution and they were going through difficulties and he was writing in response to a letter that they had sent to him and he's responding to them. And he's saying, listen, these troubles and these trials and the sufferings that you're having right now, look what he says about them. He says they're quite small and they won't last very long. And yet this short time of distress is going to do something it will result so what you're going through your trials your suffering your pain your hurt your brokenhearted what you're experiencing right now he says first of all remember it won't last very long remember it really in comparison is quite small and thirdly he says it's got a goal and the goal is that you, the result will in God's richest blessings be upon you forever and ever. So in your suffering, in your pain, there's extra grace that's released to you that gives you favor from God. And it says here, God's richest blessings is on you in your suffering. Why? Because inside there is something that strengthens you. Now the problem for many Christians is they're not strong. In times of suffering, in times of suffering, they walk away, they forsake, they drift. But I'm telling you, in those times, Paul is saying, there's a strength that comes. So we do not look at at what we see now. What is that? Troubles that are all around us. Turn on the news and and all all of the things that are happening especially here in South Florida, all of that, it can be so overwhelming. And yet Paul says, listen, all of these troubles that are around you, all of these things, don't look at that, but look forward to the joy in heaven, which no one has yet to be seen. These troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. I don't know what trials you're going through and what troubles you have and what pain and hurt and sorrow you're carrying, but what I do know is that if you're going to go beyond this year, you're going to have to have matchless vision. You're going to have to determine in your heart that no hardship is going to change me. Nothing is going to separate me. Nothing is going to keep me from being what God wants me to be. No sickness is going to keep me down. No financial crisis is going to hold me back. I may have to be rolled in here in a wheelchair. I might have to be carried in here. But nothing's going to keep me from praising the Lord. Man, when I watch people come in that are walking through difficulties, maybe it's physical, maybe it's financial, maybe there's a spiritual attack, and I watch them watch, raising the Lord, lifting their hands. Sometimes they can't even get out of a wheelchair, but their hands will begin to go up, and I'll begin to say, God, their faith strengthens me because there's something in them that enables them to look beyond the troubles that they have right now No oppression, no pain, no trouble, nothing. Man, vision motivates you. When you get vision, it inspires you. It gives you momentum. So this year, when you begin to write down your faith goals, as you're writing them down this week, two two mistakes that people often make is, first of all, they're not done in faith. Faith. So I want to encourage you to write it. It is a statement of faith. When you make that bullet point, you're making a statement of faith. I believe that this is what God wants to do. And I believe this is what God wants me to be. And I believe that this is where God's leading me. And it's a statement of faith. Two mistakes is sometimes we make them too little, too small, too low. They're not faith statements. God, this year I want to be healthy. And to be healthy, I'm going to lose two pounds. (laughs) Faith has got to rise up. No, let faith drive you personally, spiritually, in your marriage, in your job, in your personal growth, in your spiritual walk, in your ministry. But the second mistake is sometimes they're too big. They're too large. We try to get it all done too quickly. We underestimate how much it, we can really get done. We, we overestimate, I should say, that in, a, in one year we can get all of this done. And then when we're not getting it done, we quit. And we underestimate what we could get done in three, four, five years from now. So let your faith statement be statements that follow you from year to year to year because you may not see the fulfillment this year. It might be what's coming next year, but what you're doing this year is the seed that's going to lead to that which God's going to do. So it, it's statements of faith. It, it focuses your energy. Energy. So many distractions, and so much that 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 gets our attention that it that that it enables us to know exactly what God is saying to me. I love writing the faith goals because the faith goals focuses me on what God is saying, and it becomes the priority in my life for that year. You see, you can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. You gotta have focus, you gotta get determined. I don't care how young you are, you can't do everything you want. Some of you are trying to do everything. Faith goals begin to focus. It begins to to bring priorities. It keeps me going in the way that I've got to go and what God is saying, because where there is no vision, there is no goal. There is no purpose, and there's no power in the present. Faith goals build my character, because now God is speaking to me, and he's saying, this is where I want you to grow. This is who you got to become. You grow into your goals, so you begin to write them down, and like an eagle, you get the eye of the eagle, and you begin to speak it, you begin to pray for it, you begin to work towards it because it's birthed in, it's birthed in faith. The second quality of an eagle is that an eagle soars in the storm. They have an ability to soar and to soar high. I mean, what happens is an eagle waits for what's called the wind thermals to come and the wind thermals will, will come up underneath. It's a gust of wind that will help them to rise in the atmosphere. You see eagles, you see it there. Eagles have very, uh, uh, up to seven feet wide uh, wings, very heavy wings. And, and a survival mechanism of the eagle is that they were born with this ability. They have to learn how to do it. And as believers, we have to learn how to live like this. But they learn from a very young eaglet uh, age how to soar. You look at other birds. When you go out today, you'll see sparrows and parrots uh, and parakeets and, 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 and others. They're flapping their wings. I mean, you, they're flapping, they're flapping. You don't see an eagle flapping like that. In fact, it's a survival mechanism that if they flapped too much, they would actually die because they would, they, would, uh, they would expend too much energy in the flapping of their wings. And so, to conserve, I mean, I got tired just doing that. <laughs> Some of you guys are saying, work out more, pastor, and you wouldn't be a little tired. But man, they just soar. They soar. And, 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 they, and they're able to rise up, not by flapping their wings. But the wind thermal gets up underneath them. and Sometimes they will perch for days waiting for a good wind thermal to come and that strong wind to get up underneath them and to lift them up and to launch them off so that they can take the the mixture of flying and soaring and they can become strong in the thermals of the wind. In fact, it's been seen that eagles have gotten as high as 10,000 feet where some of our commercial jets are flying Eagles can fly higher than many commercial helicopters. That's the strength of the eagle. And what I love about it is an eagle will catch that wind and those thermals will take them up and they will actually challenge the storm where most birds would be hiding and and, and getting in shelters. I mean, the, the eagle begins to soar and they get that wind and it lifts them up. They challenge the storm. They confront the storm. They don't run from it and hide from it. It's this very thing that lifts them up. Look here again in Isaiah 40. Let's read it again. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who what? Circle it. Hope in the Lord. God wants you to confront the challenge. Not run from it. Chickens and turkeys on the ground, run from it. But not the eagle. The eagle soars up above. The eagle says, soar on the wings of eagles. And they run and not grow weary. They walk and not faint. Well, many birds are flapping. They're they're stressed out. They're, 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 They're always looking back. You watch birds, they're always looking back. There's a fear, not the eagle. Man, the eagle is soaring. I don't know what your storm is, and I don't know how you're responding to your storm right now, but I'm telling you, the stronger the wind, the higher the eagle can go. Man, it flies above the clouds. It gets above the storms. It rises and goes, and I'm telling you today, God will do that in your life as well. Pastor Candy gave me this right before this service. I didn't get to get, share it in the second, uh, first service. The benefits of the turbulent winds is it causes the eagle to fly higher. There's lifting power in those underdrafts. The turbulent wind gives the eagle a larger view. They see better. Their vision is clearer. Everything becomes more accurate and enhanced and broader and deeper. They can go higher. I mean, it gives you a different perspective. Turbulent winds lift the eagle above harassment. Storms, Predators. They're the king of the air, but on the ground they can be overtaken. Turbulent winds allow the eagle not to lose effort. Turbulent winds allow the eagle to stay up longer, longer than others could. Turbulent winds help the eagle to fly faster. You see, your storm this year, I don't know what it'll be, but hear me today. Storms are not prejudiced to any person. They come unwelcomed. They come unplanned. When storms come, they're no respecter of persons. You can be the most spiritual in this room. I don't even want to try to define what spiritual is. <laughs> Just a statement. But it doesn't matter. Storms will come. Storms can be health. It could be sickness. It could be disease. And boy, it blows in. It's impartial. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's huge. Storms, we understand this. Hurricanes and, and, and storms that come. Sometimes they're quick. Sometimes they're long. Sometimes they're, they're not as intense. Sometimes they're massively intense. The category is a category five or a category two. But either way, it's coming and it's there. And, 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 and therefore, we have to see sometimes... Storms come because of mistakes that we've made, because of things I've done, and there's consequences many times to my own sin and my own foolish decisions. And all I'm praying is that God will reverse the consequences and bring blessing in your life. That's a word for someone. Sometimes storms will come because uh, of what other people do. Nothing at all of what I've done, but what others do. A mistake that they make, a sin that they're engaged in, a drunk driver that gets in a fatal accident and kills several others in the other car. Their mistakes sometimes have impact on us because we live in a sinful world. That's a whole nother theological thought Sometimes the storms come because of temptation from the enemy. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill what? Well, kill your faith. Steal your joy. Kill, steal, destroy your calling. Destroy the hand of God, the purpose of God in your life. How does the enemy work? The enemy works through temptation. Temptation is his tool. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride and, and materialism of this world. Those are the areas he's always attacking. You can root it back to those areas. And it's a temptation. And if you step into the temptation, the temptation's not the sin. It's the testing, the trial uh, of the enemy. And if you give in to it, you bite the bait, you take the hook, you step in and you sin. Now, last week, Brother John Kilpatrick told us the way you break it is you repent of it. You renounce it, saying, I want no part of it. And then you revoke it. You bring it back and say, this is who I am to be in Christ. You begin to speak that over your life. And then lastly, sometimes the Lord allows trials to come into your life. That's a tough one to figure out theologically, but all through Scripture, we see that trials strengthen us. Trials, when we persevere, it purifies us and it makes us like fine gold. If you've ever watched them, when they're purifying gold, they'll come along the top of the impurities and they'll remove it. But it's only under the fire that that gold gets heated up and then the impurities begin to rise up. That's what happens in trials. Sometimes we don't understand what's happening. But when we go through these things, we can begin to understand, is it a temptation? Then I resist it. If it's sin, then I repent of it. If it's somebody else that's caused something uh, in my life, I forgive. And if it's a trial, I, I ask the Lord to help me bear up underneath that trial. So how do we rely on the Holy Spirit in these times? I want you to take two things here. I know I've got to finish. How do we learn to rely as we get led by the spirit we learn to hear we become discerning you become more discerning we've been telling you all month by getting into the word through prayer in in services like this the more you get to know god his ways his character and 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 who he is the more discerning you become So we're led by the Spirit. We learn to hear our spiritual ears. Clean out my ear, oh God, and let me hear from you and let me see what you see. Should be your prayer this year. Secondly, you've got to walk. Say walk. Walk Walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There is an anointing on your life. That's why I told you earlier in the service, I want you to come into the encounter. I want you to come, take your connection card, turn it over, write encounter on it. Why? It's because it'll begin to develop God's anointing in your life that will enable you to accomplish God's divine destiny over your life. God's power, he is there. He strengthens, he enables, he navigates. Like the wind that lifts up the eagle, the Holy Spirit will anoint you as you learn to walk in that anointing and that divine design on your life. Thirdly, a characteristic of an eagle is that eagles live on higher ground. Eagles will always find a higher place to perch. Here we see. If, if you ever go to Alaska, it was one of the most beautiful things that I saw is eagles high up in the trees. and the see their nests. And for those of you that will go on the work trip in July to Alaska, I mean, right there, I've been there, there were several eagle nests, and you would see the eagles there. They're always perched very high. First of all, it gives them better perspective. They, they can see. It, it keeps them from predators. It enables them to get that that wind thermal that will lift them up, and that higher perspective becomes a strength for them. What I know in 2020, if we're going to go beyond, we're going to have to live on a higher level. So my question is, what is your spiritual level right now? Where are you spiritually right now? Husbands and wives, mom, dad, with your children, I ask you this week to talk about where are you and where is God taking you? so that you can move spiritually to another level it's nothing about the church it's everything about you and your walk with God and where God has you because when you begin to move to a higher level like the wind it comes under your wings and it begins to take you and you can begin to soar and fly like you've never soared and flew before so where are you again do you Maybe your, your next step or, or, or your next, uh, in, a, in a sense, level that God has for you is to come into encounter and come into school of discipleship. For those that have done it, maybe it's to go into school of ministry and dig deeper and begin to go further and learn more and become what God wants you to be. Maybe it's to take a step and begin serving in ministry or, or get into a life group or go on a mission trip or to tithe some time to the Lord, to tithe some time to the Lord. Got a gentleman that that I followed for many years and I've watched him as he gives time to the Lord and and, and it's almost at times I I was calculating how much time he was serving and it was almost a, a tenth of a work week or more. And I've watched God bless his life, and, and I've watched him, and, I, and I've seen God's hand of favor be upon him. I'm telling you, you have another level, and eagles fly at a higher level, and to soar and be what God wants in 2020, you've got to become like the eagle. Look here at this verse, and then I go to the last point, Galatia, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Turn over there. Look at this. This is powerful. Let The things of this world fill your thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't you hate it when a preacher does that? And the funny thing is only like three of you caught it. Let heaven. What is heaven? Heaven is eternity heaven the things of God the place that we're longing to be that where we're going let heaven fill your thoughts don't spend your time worrying about the things down here you should have little desire underline it for this world like a dead person does A dead person isn't worried about this world anymore is what Paul is saying. No, he's gone. Your focus should be heaven. Your real life is in heaven. So what he's encouraging you and I is to seek the things that are above and to seek heaven. Set your focus and your affection on things above and God will begin to lift you in 2020 when you make that a goal in your life. And when Christ, who is our real, uh, real life, comes back again, you will shine with Him and share in all of His glory. That's what I love about Knights Ablaze. Every time we have a Knights Ablaze, what I personally look forward to is that, man, my eyes are going to begin to become more focused, that I'm going to begin to go to another level. You see I've studied a lot of this book right here. I'm not not in a, in a in a bragging or egotistical way. It's just a reality. I went to Bible college for 4 years to be a pastor. From Bible college I went to seminary. Some people call it the cemetery. <laughs> but seminary. And got a master's of divinity because I wanted to be a military chaplain and you had to have a 3 year degree after the four-year BA degree. So I went to seminary for three more years, learning to be a pastor. Got involved in ministry and realized, I don't know what I'm doing. And I had a hunger and a desire to see God advance the work of His kingdom. I wanted to be in places that were growing. I wanted to be a leader that led a church to make an impact. I was in Vienna. We had a desire just to to make an impact. I was young, 32 years old, and took over Vienna Christian Center. In fact, many people thought I was too young. In fact, they waited nine months before they actually chose me. And a mentor of mine just said, keep pastoring. It's not the title doesn't matter what they call you just pastor and that's what I did I pastored I preached I counseled I shared we led and the church grew in that year we went from 350 to about 600 and at the end of the year they came and they said we feel like God's in this something's happening will you be our pastor we continue to lead them we were there 12 years Church grew from 350 to about 2000 before we came here. And in those 12 years, I kept, I kept just growing. I got another degree in church growth. How do you grow the church? And then I wanted to be a consultant that would help other pastors learn. And it's the passion is to help others learn how to grow the church. I found myself in a doctoral program, not because I wanted a degree, but because I wanted to help other pastors that I knew what I was talking about. If I get on an airplane, I want to know that pilot has studied, he's passed a test, he knows what he's doing. I don't want him to wake up that morning and say, I've taken a lot of flights, I think I'm the pilot. I think I know how to fly this plane. No, 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 no. I want to know there's a certification behind you. I want to know you've had practice. I want to know before you work on me. And boy, in the spirit, let me tell you, we're working on people's souls. That's pretty serious. And so, I wanted to be, I just wanted to know how to do it. Now, why do I say all of that? It's because every night's ablaze I come to. You'll find me at altars. You'll find me on my face. In fact, I know I should be ministering to you, but God's ministering to me. I want God to teach me, show me. And in every sermon, every sermon I preach, and every sermon I listen to, there's new nuggets. I go back and listen to my services because sometimes the Spirit takes over. And I'm way off my notes, and the Spirit takes over. And I'll go back, and I'll be listening to that. And I'm like, oh, oh God, that's good. (laughs) Not because I want to be good, but because it's doing something within me. It's a new revelation. It's a new nugget. It's a prophetic word. 2020, I know time's gone. I thank you for your patience. But man, God begins to speak and there's revelation. That's why I love Nights Ablaze. I bring in some of the best speakers. This is not a promo. It's just to tell you, because I want a prophetic word to be released over us. So on Thursday night and Friday night, seven o'clock, come. Come. Because there's a higher level. If you're gonna go beyond in 2020, I guarantee you, you've got to determine you're gonna fly at a higher level. Lastly, the eagle is fearless. He's fearless. Bold, courageous, powerful. Other birds are nervous, they're looking back. You know, always afraid. Not the eagle, they're just soaring. They're just soaring. In fact, eagles, look at this video. Eagles will even, will, they'll even reach down and engage a poisonous snake and, and they'll get that snake. Look at this, watch this. Woo, that's a snake. A poisonous snake. I've, I've seen other ones where the snake was big and it was trying to wrap around the eagle and all of a sudden the eagle, and I love this, reaches down with its powerful beak and it just starts to rip off that snake's head and just begins to rip it off fearless this year push yourself this year determine that you're going to move forward fear is not going to hold you back you're going to reach your faith goals when others are looking and are wondering what is going on there's something in you because you're pushing the limits Don't be afraid, don't let your norm be the norm in 2020. There's something new, you're gonna push forward, you're gonna go beyond. There's a new norm and a new season that's going to come in your life. Don't be satisfied with yesterday's norm. Couples, don't be satisfied with where your marriage is at. Pastor Candy and I have been writing down these last few days what we want to go beyond in in our relationship with one another. Create a new norm in your spiritual life, in your personal growth, in your ministry, in relationships. So this week, as you come into your final week of your faith goals, let me tell you a couple things. First of all, let your faith goals honor God. Honor God. Secondly, let your faith goals, write them down. Write them down document it. Remember, it's statements of faith. It activates faith. Secondly, it's not in your notes, but secondly, honor God. Secondly, let it be motivated by love. Love for God. Love for your family. Love for the body of Christ, for for yourself. If you get something and it's full of greed, it's full of ego. You know, a faith goal is not that I'll get a million followers this year that's probably not a good faith goal now if it's your business you need to grow your business then it might come under your career of what's going to help you to go to the next level but it should be full of ego and competition and guilt and envy and materialism it's got to be motivated by love love for god love for family love for the body of christ love for yourself and thirdly It requires, it's got to require you to depend on God where you keep praying over it, you keep looking at it, you keep praying, you keep focusing, and the eagle eye gets sharpened in your life.